Emad Hafar, who is the head of technical experts for the Middle East, Turkey and Africa at Kaspersky, joins us on What's Next. Emad, it's great to have you on with us. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, AK. Glad to be here. So, I mean, Kaspersky has been around for a long time. Uh, I, I mean, I remember um, my early days in the technology world, Kaspersky has been around, I'm not sure how many decades, but it's well over two decades. So what does make Kaspersky an authority on this topic of the most prominent cyber threats facing businesses today, organizations here in South Africa? Absolutely, okay. So um, for those who don't know us, Kaspersky is a global uh, privately held uh, cybersecurity and digital privacy company. As you rightly mentioned, we were established in 1997. Today, with uh, more than two, 24 years of experience, we're uh, proudly serving, we are proudly serving more than 400 million users globally, uh, as well as 240,000 uh, companies. Um, from, from day one, Kaspersky was focused on innovation and, uh, and research. Uh, we are very successful in transforming our uh, customers' requirements and needs, cybersecurity requirements and needs into solutions and services that would cater specifically for um, um, their, again, requirements uh, and needs. Um, when it comes to, to research, of course, this is a very important pillar in, in Kaspersky. Our global research and analysis team is one of the core teams in the company, and their uh, uh, essential role is to provide the company with the research capability to track and hunt threat actors and uh, their campaigns globally. So this is a team that's made up of around 50 security researchers scattered all over the world, including Meta region as well. And uh, their bread and butter is security research. So again, they track uh, the highly sophisticated threat actors the APT-grade threat actors, as well as um, state-sponsored um, um, criminals and threat, uh, threat actors groups, and then they report on their activities. And this is quite critical, not only for, for Kaspersky as a company, because we do use the result of their research in developing our um, services and solutions that we provide to our customers, but as well to um, any entity who is interested in cyber threat intelligence, in acquiring information and uh, um, 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 intelligence, basically, about these um, uh, threat actors. Uh, financially, the company has been very stable over the years. Last year, the uh, in 2021, the unaudited revenue of the company reached $752 million globally, uh, a fact of 6.5% uh, growth in, in last year during uh, 2021. In um, Africa and Sub-Sahara uh, uh, territory, we operate currently in around 40 countries with multiple regional offices. Uh, our business grew in Africa uh, 3% uh, uh, last year. Uh, in the B2B segment, we grew by 26% uh, last year alone. Yeah. All that obviously um, coming from the trust that we have um, gained uh, uh, the, the, the trust of users that we have gained in Africa and the rest of the world. And obviously that translates in our uh, ability to provide better services, better visibility on uh, threat and threat actors, and consequently better security uh, for our customers. Well, that's great. And congratulations on that growth. I mean, the one, the one cyber threat that everyone is talking about is ransomware. And you hear about ransomware 
every single day. It's hitting companies every single day. And these, of course, are the companies that uh, are saying that we've had a ransomware um, and that have been hit. But what, what makes ransomware such a huge threat in South Africa? Absolutely. Um, first of all, let me start talking about what is a, a ransomware. So in um, some sense, ransomware is an extortion software. It has the ability to um, encrypt data, and then it um, obviously prevents the users or the owner of this data and files from accessing uh, files unless they uh, pay a ransom, and hence the, the, the name, ransomware. Um, this kind of um, attack started quite a few years back, and they started attacking individuals. Uh, we categorize ransomware uh, uh, under the uh, um, commodity malware uh, category. That basically means that it's a uh, kind of malware that targets anyone and everyone. It doesn't distinguish the business, the sector, or even the geography of uh, of the user. And unfortunately, they were quite successful implementing, I mean, the, the cyber criminals and threat actors implementing uh, ransomware for quite a few reasons, which we can touch uh, based upon in, 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 a, in a minute. Um, however, in Probably towards the end of 2020, uh, during the pandemic, we noticed a change, a shift in the behavior of uh, threat actors. They started to target corporates more than individuals um, with ransomware. Now, obviously, they, they realized that they can use the ransomware not only to encrypt the sensitive information, the sensitive data that corporates own, uh, but also they can leak out the uh, encrypted data, and then they use it as a leverage point to push those companies to uh, pay the ransom. So they threaten of, uh, you know, um, um, leaking out the data if they don't uh, comply with the with the requ uh, their requirement or uh, requests. Now, this is on its own a very huge risk to companies because. If the company can't access its data, that means the business will stop. Their operation will stop. Now, just think if this attack is targeting critical infrastructure uh, facilities like uh, uh, power generation, the health sector, um, even the financial sector as well. That could lead to a catastrophic uh, results on the uh, uh, society. Um, and that's obviously what makes the ransomware a big trend globally, not only in, in South Africa, because threat actors, they understand the, um, 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 the power, the leverage that they can use when they utilize ransomware in their uh, attack. Now, unfortunately, our telemetry data shows that um, ransomware attacks in South Africa in particular doubled in the period between January and April uh, of this year, comparing to um, last year. Uh, of course. Gee, that's uh, that's uh, quite scary when you say they've actually doubled uh, over the over this period, and and this is what we hear about, right? Uh, there, there's a lot of stuff right. that uh, companies won't make public. Uh, what advice do you have for organisations who, who want to protect themselves against ransomware attacks? What does one do? Well, first, probably let's look at the um, 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 infection vectors. Uh, because that will lead us to um, what we can do to protect our companies and even individuals from uh, ransomware. Um, usually ransomware, they come through uh, infected uh, or malicious rather uh, links and they 
are delivered to the users through social engineering, either in an email message, in uh, through social media, instant me messaging, any communication medium that can deliver such a content to the user. But the point here is the social engineering factor. So threat actors and cyber criminals, they will use um, uh, social engineering techniques so that they uh, push the user or actually uh, uh, make the user, uh, um, 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 you know, to follow that link, to click on the link and see where it, where it takes them. And obviously it takes them to a compromised website where it can download a uh, malicious payload or maybe forward them to another website. But the point again is that it would download or uh, um, um, deliver the malicious content, the ransomware to the uh, targeted machine. Mm. Um, the other um, 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 vector is uh, software vulnerabilities. And uh, this means that we use a software, um, potentially the operating system itself, and it has a weakness. It has a, um, um, a hole in it that threat actors can use, can abuse rather, to deliver malicious content to the machine. Uh, one example related to the ransomware is the WannaCry back in 2017. Uh, yes. It... Uh, uh, abused a known vulnerability in the SMB protocol. That's basically the protocol our machines use to um, access files over the uh, local network. So it uh, exploited that vulnerability to implement the encryption module of the WannaCry. It was a huge pandemic, huge uh, infection globally. It um, infected probably more than 200,000 uh, 200, uh, machines globally in 150 countries. Uh, only by exploiting that uh, software uh, vulnerability. The other infection vector is the uh, um, infected software. In this case, the software, the legitimate software that the user probably is trying to use, is used as a um, Trojan horse, as a carrier to deliver another software uh, to the infected machine or to the targeted machine. And that software will be the uh, ransomware, obviously. Now. Looking at this infection, potential uh, infection vector, obviously the um, advice or recommendation we can give to, uh, the, uh, to the listeners is uh, quite a few. One of the most important advice is the uh, awareness. That means educating our employees, educating even ourselves, our families um, um, on, the, um, on ransomware and other uh, malwares as well, how to um, exercise the safe, uh, correct uh, use of uh, the, uh, the, the tools and devices we have today to prevent and protect ourselves from um, such infections. So how to handle spam, for example, how to handle phishing, how to spot that this is potentially a phishing uh, website or a phishing link. Um, how to, um, you know, deal with social engineering uh, techniques, how to tell if someone is actually, um, you know, just pushing me to click that link fast without uh, uh, thinking. So awareness is, is quite essential uh, for both company employees and individuals as well. Um, when it comes to vulnerabilities, obviously, we need to patch and update any software we use. And this is very important, making sure that we are, um, using the latest patches and software updates uh, for for all the uh, uh, applications and software we have on the uh, probably our laptops, you know, mobile devices, etc. 
because that will deliver the security patches that will close and patch these uh, any existing uh, vulnerability. Data backup is important as well because that allows us to have access at least to a uh, you know a backup of the data should it be uh, encrypted. Right. Utilizing the technology, using solutions, protection solution, in particular the endpoint protection uh, uh, solution. Uh, Kaspersky Endpoint Protection, for example, it has a module that is specifically created to uh, detect ransomware, to detect the behavior uh, of any potential uh, ransomware uh, um, uh, code, and then limit its ability to execute, terminate it altogether, and roll back any change that it, um, you know, introduced to the to the system. Uh, probably last but not least, and this is specifically for companies is to be prepared uh, for such an attack, creating procedures and you know, planning for such an incident uh, should it happen. So uh, we actually had released a, a study a while ago and it was looking into the cost of um, uh, security incidents. And one of the expected results was that the longer the, uh, it takes the companies to respond to a security incident, the more costly it is. Mm. So those companies who has in place or have in place rather the uh, procedures, the, the the playbooks, the plans, how to react, whom to contact, such a when such an incident happened, they are in a better place than those who you know just wait for the incident to happen and then they think how to uh, uh, respond to it. So we we've seen a large increase in the number of prominent organisations who've had their data compromised in South Africa. And uh, I mean, we were just just talking about it now. And you know, ransomware. You take the data; it's compromised. Why is this trend increasing locally? And what do organisations do to ensure that they not the next victim of a data breach? Because of course, when your data gets breached, and you you know, the the recovery of the data is uh, we know that almost a third of data is not usable after recovery. But I mean, this is a big trend as well. Absolutely. And actually, it's a global trend as well, not only in uh, uh, Africa. Um, you know, today, data is the most expensive commodity uh, on Earth. And uh, obviously, uh, cyber criminals, they're aware of that fact. They're aware how to or what they can do with the data, uh, how they can monetize the, the data once they have their hands on it. And uh, that definitely is driving uh, the uh, uh, the trend, increasing the trend of uh, uh, data breaches. And of course, we, we we should add to that multiple other factors as well that are supporting and helping this uh, this trend. One of which is the uh, our reliance on technology. So today, technology is there in every aspect of our lives, uh, individuals and companies as well. Um, and our reliance, our society's reliance on technology means that we are creating um, larger attack surface if we don't you know monitor and take care and implement those technologies correctly so um, threat actors they will find new techniques new routes uh, gateways to utilize um, the uh, these technologies against our in the, uh, companies and individuals uh, uh, as well um, that of course leads to the other factor which is the sophistication of threat actors um, one of the challenges, I think, that uh, small, and, uh, small and, and, and medium businesses in particular are, are facing is the fact that 
less sophisticated threat actors, smaller threat actors are today borrowing, renting, and buying highly sophisticated implants and malicious codes from larger uh, threat actors. This is a very uh, common practice on the underground and dark web. And uh, uh, that's why SMBs in particular, again, will find themselves most often up against very sophisticated attack, whereas in general, they wouldn't be you know, prepared for such an attack, unlike a large, um, uh, well-mature enterprise, uh, for example. Uh, and that definitely leads to a third factor, which is the supply chain attack, uh, in which we mean the um, attackers will go after a smaller company that is not uh, probably well protected, mm. and they will use it as a vehicle to target a large enterprise that usually they cannot target directly. Um, we've seen these attacks many times over the, uh, the past years. Uh, and uh, in one of our studies as well, uh, we came to the conclusion that the attacks through third parties or through supply chain attack is one of the most costly data breaches for enterprises last year in 2021. As a matter of fact, the, the global cost, average cost of such attacks was 1.4 million uh, globally, million dollars globally. In Meta, Middle East, Turkey and Africa, it was just under $1 million mark. Wow. So you see, that's, that's a huge uh, risk to... Um, all organization. And of course, add to that the other factors like the shortage in uh, skilled workforces, uh, workforce, excuse me, um, the limited budget of uh, and spending on uh, security and security tools and training, etc. Now, from all that, uh, we, we, we can look into the recommendation. And this is usually what we uh, do recommend to our customers, how we talk to our customers and advise them to handle uh, the situation. One is to empower the uh, cybersecurity team within the organization, not only through um, providing the tools and technologies they need to protect the, the organization, but also through the training. And this is quite important because through training, we can increase the efficiency of the uh, cybersecurity team. Um, make them able to detect and respond to sophisticated attacks and consequently improve the um, you know, value and the extracted value rather of the existing uh, tools. We, for example, at Kaspersky, you provide many customers in Africa and in all uh, Meta and the globe, uh, training, uh, vendor independent training. So training that doesn't, you know, uh, uh, talk Kaspersky tools and, uh, and, and solutions, but uh, rather our experience in um, activities such as incident response, malware analysis, reverse engineering, um, and, and all similar uh, threat hunting. This is a very uh, important one as well, so that the security team can improve their uh, capabilities and ability to utilize the security tools. Um, of course, speaking of the uh, security team, SOC, uh, Security Operations Center, and all the likes, uh, similar uh, cybersecurity teams. Cyber threat intelligence is very important as well. Um, at the beginning, I did mention this, but cyber threat intelligence is one of the um, 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 vehicles through which we can deliver knowledge to the security team of the threat landscape, the recent uh, threats, attacks, the techniques, the tactics, 
even the indicators they need to be aware of uh, at, at, at the current time so that they better protect their organization and they are able to hunt for threats as well. Mm. Um, in addition, of course, to the technology itself. So tools, we shouldn't underestimate the, the value of the tools like the, the, the EDR, endpoint protection, uh, maybe the anti-APT solution. And for those organizations who can't afford to have a team to operate uh, such um, 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 maybe complicated tools, they can depend on services like uh, managed detection and response. We are one of the vendors who provide that service in which we provide the uh, uh, round-the-clock monitoring and threat hunting for um, any organization who can't or, or doesn't currently have a, um, um, a, a cybersecurity team to take care of uh, uh, these aspects. Okay, well, that's good to know because, you know, these budgets are tight these days. Not all organizations can afford to have a huge security team. Another key security risk for local organizations is, of course, the new hybrid working trend. Um, and although we are seeing a resurgence uh, around the world, we, we you know, we, 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 we've really seen things almost returning back to normal. But of course, a lot of people working remotely. What cybersecurity risks are local organizations facing as a result of this new way of working? Well, over the, the, the past two years, during the pandemic, the lockdown, obviously, the, uh, as, you, as you rightly mentioned, the, the shift in the uh, work mode from uh, on-premise to remote, completely remote and now hybrid, uh, meant that threat actors can uh, utilize new attack routes, uh, basically attacking the uh, remote employees because you know, when, when these employees work remotely, um, it's not simply that they're outside the network, but they are actually now trying to access all the resources, all the corporate resources and corporate data the way they used to when they were inside the, um, um, the network, but now they do it from outside. Yes. So a lot of other things now come into play. Now we have to think of the, uh, you know, protection of the device it's itself, if they're using their personal device, protection of the Wi-Fi network they're on. Uh, uh, for instance. And uh, then obviously the, the security and the protection of the used software and protocols to um, implement this remote work and hybrid uh, uh, working uh, uh, model. One of the um, uh, protocols that was mostly targeted in the past uh, couple of years is the RDP, Remote Desktop Protocol. And uh, as the name implies, this is the protocol that allows us to connect remotely um, to our um, um, corporate and corporate resources. So this one, one of the, this was, excuse me, one of the most targeted protocol, uh, specifically through um, targeting weak passwords, weak login and auth uh, authentication passwords, uh, maybe vulnerable uh, application, vulnerable implementation of the uh, RDB protocol, Unprotected home network, uh, Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi network, or public uh, networks as well, because all these now can be used against the, um, excuse me, the user um, to try and um, penetrate the 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 the, the corporate uh, network. Now, even though we've seen a decrease in the past few months in the number of attacks against RDP. Uh, as obviously the number of users using this protocol to access their uh, work remotely is decreasing. However, the number is still 
very high and considered to be a, a real concern globally and in, in, in South Africa. Um, when we talk about mitigation, it uh, again, once again, it's the, the, the awareness. Uh, this is specifically for um, 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 company employees being aware of their practices to access corporate resources. That means they are aware of uh, how to uh, protect their Wi-Fi network, what could be at play if they're using a public Wi-Fi network. They have to use a VPN if they are on a public uh, um, um, network. What kind of passwords they use, how weak or how strong their passwords are, how easily uh, they are to, um, you know, a, a brute force attack, for example. Um, the use of EDR, endpoint protection uh, tool, and even mail security, all that will deliver some protection for employees even when they are outside the uh, perimeter of their uh, um, um, network. All that will lower the, the, the risks caused by such, um, uh, such attacks. I mean, brute force attacks on RDP and all remote, um, remote access protocols and software. Yeah, yeah. Now, are there any other prominent cybersecurity threats that are increasingly prevalent here in South Africa that you're seeing at the moment? Um, um, unfortunately, yes. And uh, um, two probably of the most prominent prominent uh, uh, security risks are the APTs and uh, financial uh, threats. APTs is the, uh, the short for Advanced Persistent Threats. Uh, usually, these are the... Um, sophisticated and highly sophisticated uh, attacks. And uh, they are operated by uh, large, well-funded, well-organized, uh, potentially state-sponsored um, um, threat actors. The, the challenge with the APT isn't only the, um, uh, the, the, uh, the level of sophistication, but their level of sophistication allowed them, allows them to remain undetected for months or even years. We have cases that we have in investigated in the past where the threat actors managed to penetrate a network and they remained undetected for almost a year or more than a year. Um, you know, just being there silently, collecting data, understanding the, um, um, the environment, the structure of the environment, performing their malicious activities completely undetected. Um, usually these threat actors, as I mentioned, they're not financially motivated, and that's what makes them um, um, a little bit more challenging than uh, uh, other um, uh, threat actors, because they, they try and they need to be as silent as they can to run below the radar, under the radar, so that they are obviously undetected. Um, usually they target... Um, 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 sensitive data, uh, they, they uh, run uh, espionage, cyber espionage campaign. In certain cases, they might be after the critical infrastructure for destruction uh, uh, purposes. In South Africa in particular, our research shows that uh, government, uh, diplomatic and educational uh, uh, sectors are highly targeted with um, APTs. And uh, South Africa is one of the uh, three most targeted uh, countries, uh, unfortunately, so in, in, in Africa, alongside Nigeria and uh, Egypt. Uh, financial threats are also uh, big threats in South Africa in particular. Uh, those are obviously 
mm-hmm. um, you know, financially motivated threat actors. So they are after financial gain. But because of the criticality and sensitivity of the financial sector, these kind of attacks can be very uh, threatening to the society if they manage to, you know, cripple the financial sector, for example. Yes. Uh, and, and that's why they, are, they, they pose huge risk, uh, not only to that sector in particular, but to the whole society. Now, unfortunately, in South Africa, uh, the uh, number of uh, financial malware uh, increased 11 times between uh, Jan and April of this year, comparing to um, um, 2021. Gee, that's uh, quite a substantial increase. You say it, it's gone up 11 times. It is, yes, oh, unfortunately, okay. uh, in, wow. in, in the first four, four months of, of yes, this the year. the first four months, but that's still, it's, uh, it's quite alarming to hear that kind of number. Finally, what tips Absolutely. do you have for local organizations who want to protect themselves against these malicious actors, what we've been talking about? Imad, what is your advice? Well, actually, okay, the, uh, the dialogue I always use with, with my clients is to focus on three pillars, people, technology, and processes. That means... Empower your employees uh, with awareness uh, a program, uh, proper training programs for the cybersecurity team. Provide them with the with the tools and the support they need so that they can actually deliver the um, 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 the, the tasks that they are you know uh, asked to to to, to deliver. Mm. Uh, technology obviously is focusing on the tools and the uh, uh, security control solutions and the intelligence that the organization need to, um, 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 for the cybersecurity team to operate. So once we enable and empower the, the employees and the cybersecurity team, then they need the tools and the technologies and the cyber threat intelligence as well um, to perform their tasks, to protect the, the, the organization. Third is the processes, and that's, that means having in place all the um, all the plans, all the uh, procedures, all the playbooks that is needed that are needed. Excuse me, for um, detecting malicious activities, for spotting malicious uh, threat actors, and for responding as well. Mm-hmm. So essentially, that's setting the plans in uh, of how to um, detect threat actors, how to prevent their um, uh, malicious activities in the first place, then how to detect them if they were the you know sophisticated um, um, threat actors, and then how to be able to hunt for these uh, threat actors inside the organization. So basically being more proactive than reactive. You go out and look for um, threats and threat actors that could be potentially inside the environment, but very silent and detected. And obviously having the the plans in place to um, respond, to handle incidents, because eventually incidents will happen. So we are always in a better place if we are prepared to handle them uh, ahead of time. Great advice and uh, fantastic insights, Imad Hafar. Uh, thank you so much for your time and sharing those thoughts and insights um, into a very, very complex environment and a very dangerous environment. Imad, thank you very much. Much appreciated. Thank you so much, Shekhar. Thank you for having me.